Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Peter Angood with the American Association for Physician Leadership. Welcome, Peter. Welcome as well. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you. I am so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about the AAPL. How are you serving folks? Sure. Well, we're in healthcare, obviously. American Association for Physician Leadership is almost 50 years old. And what we predominantly focus upon is uh, basically professional development, leadership education, management training for the physician workforce and for a large number of the places where physicians work, whether it's in private practice settings or inside of hospitals and health delivery systems. Now, what was the genesis of the idea? What started the association? Yeah, many, many years ago, there was a recognition that uh, physicians really don't have any skill set in a formal development way as it relates to management or leadership. And so the originating CEO of the organization really focused in on mid-career physicians who wanted to do administrative roles inside of hospitals. And so they had a focus on physician executives for the first good number of years with the association's development. So uh, and that was something that was lacking like in medical school or in their own kind of as they were kind of growing their career, this was information and skills that weren't kind of talked about or they just were assumed that the physician had them? It's interesting, you know, to this day, there still is a paucity in the medical schools and the specialty training environments for leadership, education, management, skill set, development, all those sorts of things. So it's a it's a vacuum for physicians. Now, to your question as well, though, you know, the medical profession is viewed very positively by general society. Physicians are often viewed as leaders uh, just by the nature of being a physician and in the medical profession. So historically, there's been this presumption that physicians just know how to lead and how to manage things. And that's an erroneous presumption. Right. So they're placed in a, a position of authority and respect, and then people just assume that they know what they're doing. And so without an organization <laughs> like yours to kind of give them the skills, I mean, that could be kind of dangerous in some ways. Well, not dangerous in the clinical care sense. Right. Not in that case, but just to assume <laughs> that a person has those skills just because they have the credential is not optimal for anybody, I yeah. don't think. Yeah, you know, it's like pick any professional sport as an analogy. Just because you're a good professional athlete doesn't mean you know how to coach uh, the team or run the professional team's business enterprise, right? You can be a great player, but not necessarily a good leader or a good business person. Same in medicine. So when you were uh, getting involved with the organization, was that something that you were hungry for more uh, information and you, uh, you recognized that gap as well? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I I am a physician. I trained as a surgeon, practiced for many, many years, and then I found myself thinking more about systems development and creating larger scale change. Before this job, I was very fortunate to uh, be able to participate in a couple of high profile 
national and international organizations. But what I recognized in that was there is a gap between those influential organizations that uh, sort of determine the trends in healthcare and a gap to the front line of care. So I was interested in working in that gap zone, if you will. And this particular organization does exactly that. We are uh, an influence group and a thought leader inside of organized healthcare, and we stay very much tuned in to what's going on in the industry, and we create some influence. But we also directly influence physicians and the organizations where they work on the front line. So it's a very gratifying type of role for me, and it's a very pivotally important organization for the industry because we really serve as that bridge uh, for physicians to acquire those management and leadership skills. Now, is the learning that's taking place, is this part of their like continuing education learning, or is this kind of voluntary for that physician to say, you know what, I'm going to raise my hand and I want to get better at this? It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. You know, physicians, like most professions, have continuing education requirements to maintain licensure, and there's a certain number of hours per year that are required, and so oftentimes the physicians who are interested in leadership and management skills uh, we'll look for our organization's uh, programs and products to get some of that continuing education at the same time as developing a new skill set. The other side of it is that some organizations, whether it's a private practice or it's a hospital or a delivery system, will sponsor their physicians into our programs as part of the needs of the organization to better develop physician leadership and uh, management skills overall. Now, was the pandemic, um, that level of disruption, was that something that brought this need for leadership that much more obvious and, and it was more urgent to solve? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think there was an increasing recognition inside the industry before the pandemic that physician leadership really creates positive change in the industry. And when you, it's a debatable survey, but if you look at, for example, U.S. News and World Report's annual rankings of uh, medical systems, they always have an, an honor roll, the top 18 or 20 systems in the country. Um, the vast majority of those places are led by physicians. Similarly, when uh, physicians are in CEO roles, oftentimes those those systems will perform 25 to 30% better on a variety of quality metrics. So there was recognition that physician leadership in key roles is important for organizational performance. What the pandemic helped uh, everyone to better appreciate was that as the pandemic came into play, as the public health as the clinical delivery systems and as the governmental agencies all looked, holy smokes, how are we going to manage this pandemic? What did they do? They looked towards physician leadership at the highest level of government, all the way down into a whole variety of uh, medical practice settings, hospitals, hospital delivery systems overall. Uh, a lot of the emergency response teams inside those delivery systems were led by physicians. Obviously, coupled up with a variety of other clinical disciplines and non-clinical administrators as well. But more often than not, physicians were the leads. Now, um, when it comes to your education, did any of that change because of the pandemic? 
I think uh, what we did as an association, we've got a wide array of information resources, a wide array of educational topics, all of its competency-based. Um, what we recognize is that we needed to expand the range of topics in order to help uh, different individuals and different organizations get through the pandemic. And these are translatable skills and, and knowledge into other development areas of the industry. But the other thing that occurred for us, and the pandemic was good for us in a sense, is it really helped us refine better how to deliver all of our offerings in an online virtual setting and to get really good at it. And the satisfaction scores that we get on our feedback tools is very high for all that remote online learning strategies and the consumption of our information resources. Now, part of your um, association is kind of connecting physicians, I guess, together so they can learn from each other and mentoring the next generation of leaders. How has that changed in this virtual world? Has that expanded because now you can make connections everywhere rather than kind of face-to-face? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And um, part of what we've done as an association has been to take on the challenge of building out our own technical infrastructure to help support this learning and networking. Uh, Yes, we could have gone to a variety of learning management systems and account management systems and a variety of other off-the-shelf things, but we chose to go with a custom-built system and with the specific intent that our participants would not only be able to more simply and easily consume the education, consume the information, but they would able be able to network amongst their peers, uh, both within their organizations, but also outside of their organizations and all around the country. And, you know, we're an international organization. We've got members in 45, 50 different countries at any one time. So that online networking and learning has really been um, facilitated as we leverage that online delivery platform. Can you share a story, because you're, you were talking so much about the individual physician. Is there a story that comes to mind where you've seen somebody take kind of a the next step in their, maybe not necessarily their career, but just maybe in their worldview of how to be a better physician leader? Yeah, let me do, let me do it this way. You know, because physicians don't have that leadership and management skill training through their um, early stages of not only their medical education, but even their careers, oftentimes in hospitals or health systems, what occurs is you're a wonderful doc, staff like you, patients like you, your outcomes are good. Hey, congratulations, you're a chief medical officer for us. And we want you to go take these courses with AAPL. Uh, well, that freshly appointed CMO has kind of got that deer in the headlight look like, holy smokes, now what am I going to do in this job? Mm-hmm. So they quickly scramble to uh, <clears throat> take on a variety of our courses and information. We do have this curricula strategy where we'll take them all of the way through to a credential called the Certified Physician Executive. That's about 170 hours of coursework, but the the pivotal piece in there is a three-and-a-half-day capstone weekend, which really drives home how do they refine and own their own leadership style. It's a, it's a, a capstone where they have to do a project, but to a person, as they finish out that capstone, it's a transformative three-and-a-half days for them. 
They feel confident. They feel enlightened. They feel like they can really take on any challenges. And many of those participants then go on, let's say it's the CMO role, they will go on and to become chief operating officers, they will become CEOs, or they may even shift into other sectors of the industry and develop up leadership roles, excuse me, inside of that financial services sector or inside of a device company. So, so the benefits of this type of an approach is, as I say, really transformative for these individuals and ultimately the organizations where they work benefit as well. And that's a repeatable story. It just happens all the time. Yeah, it must be so rewarding to see that kind of transformation. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I've been with this organization 10 years and every time I go and hang out at our capstone events and watch these 65, 70 different people get transformed over a weekend, it's just so enriching. And it really gives us pride as an organization, gives me personal pride and uh, our staff love it, you know, and we get lifelong learners and lifelong um, alumni because of that experience. Now, is there any advice you can give other association leaders when it comes to working in an industry that is just evolving so rapidly and has changed dramatically, I'm sure, in your lifetime? Um, how do you kind of stay ahead or at least up with kind of what's happening? Because your industry is just, in it seems like, almost constantly in a chaotic place. <laughs> you know, it's been said by many who are not even in healthcare, but many of us inside of healthcare, uh, as an industry, healthcare is arguably the most complex industry that there is up there. It's complex because of the rapidly changing information related to clinical delivery, but it's also exceedingly complex in terms of how that clinical decision making is delivered and then the financial structures, the insurance structures, the organizational structures that help to support all of that and support the processes of delivery. And if, if any of your listeners think of their own personal experiences, they'll reflect that, you know, not all the time is it a perfect experience when they go see their doctor or go to their local hospital. And so we are continually trying to make those changes. So for us as an association, yeah, we have to be paying attention to what's going on at the policy world. We need to know what's going on in the financial uh, side of it and the payment side of it. We need to pay attention to what's going on in terms of leadership and management uh, practices and how are those are evolving. And we need to keep an eye on the clinical delivery side of things as well. We're not obviously in this day and age, we're paying attention to workforce wellness, we're paying attention to work-life balance and Really, how is it that people are individually evolving in their professions, but how are they collectively as individual professions, I, um, I meant to say disciplines inside the profession, are they evolving? So there's a lot of moving parts in there. There's a lot of moving parts. And so the onus on us as an association, on me as an individual, is to really stay up to that as well. Then overlay that on our rapidly evolving association industry world, right? We're all busily trying to figure out digital delivery. We're all trying to figure out membership satisfaction. We're all trying to figure out how do we grow our community and engage our community and how do we collaborate and partner? So it's just fascinating, but very enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, if you like that uh, three-dimensional chess, you'll, you'll 
you're in the right spot because there is a lot of moving parts and, and to layer even more complexity in your situation, you're dealing with a global membership. So every country has different kind of needs and, and ways of doing business. So it, it makes it even that much more complex. Yes, absolutely. And you, so, you know, as a leader or a manager in the association, well, you've got to be uh, recognizing for yourself, you've got to be comfortable with a certain degree of ambiguity at times. So you're kind of reading the tea leaves, where's everything going? A lot of uncertainty at times, but then you really got to be able to figure out how best to set the priorities of the association uh, and then how to implement on those priorities so that you're satisfying what your constituency wants. Right. And, and the trick, uh, that I'm sure many of your other participants and listeners recognize that in the association world, it's that balance, right, of listening to your members and doing what they want, but also taking your members to where they need to be as an association. And that's that's the trickier part. How do you participate in predicting the future and then being on the leading edge of doing all of that? Right. And I find that the associations that are thriving are kind of the role models for the the people that are most important to them. You know, they have to have a true north that everybody kind of believes in the mm-hmm. why behind things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for us, um, <clears throat> there, there's two true norths, actually. And one is, at the end of the day, altruistically, we're really trying to help create positive change in healthcare, And we're, we're privileged that we have the platform of physician leadership. Uh, the second, though, is uh, because society looks at the medical profession and trusts it with high levels of respect, as you say, you know, we consider at some level all physicians are leaders. And so how do we help those physicians embrace their responsibility of leadership? Right. Well, it's a big a big challenge. And uh, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to connect with you, uh, learn more about your association, or maybe just kind of pick your brain when it comes to leading an association, what is the website? What is the coordinates to get a hold of you or somebody on your team? Sure. Uh, happy to have any uh, further interaction with your listeners. And our website is Physician Leaders, all one word, dot org. So www.physicianleaders.org. And then my uh, email address, I'm happy to uh, speak with people, is uh, first initial, last name. So P A N G O O D at physicianleaders.org. Well, Peter, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you, and uh, it's a great broadcast that you got going here. I, I look forward to listening further on as I uh, now know more about you guys. Thank uh, you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio.